Our theme today is thank you and congratulations, mothers and all ladies. Would you please turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17 for the message. Our truths will come from the Bible story of Elijah and the widow at Zarephath. Zarephath. Can you say that with me? Zarephath. All right. On the big screen there, you can see the, um, the map where Zarephath is located. It's actually north of what we have known as the Sea of Galilee. On the map, it says Lake Galilee. It's north of uh, there on the coast, Zarephath. It's actually north of what was Israel at that point in time. This Bible account takes us back to around 874 years B.C. at a time when the king of Israel was King Ahab, who ruled for 22 years. Unfortunately, Ahab was one of the worst and most wicked kings that they ever had. 1 Kings chapter 16 verse 30 says this about him. It says, But Ahab, son of Omri, did what was evil in the Lord's sight, even more than any of the kings before him. Well, the prophet Elijah confronted the king uh, about his evil ways. And, uh, and basically after that, Elijah had to watch his back. Let's begin to read at 1 Kings chapter 17 where it says this. Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by Kareth Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. If we can just go back to the map, I'm trying to remember if we can see Kareth Brook on there. Are we able to go back to the map there, perhaps? Um, All right, it's not marked on this one, the map I had had it. Oh, you see, there it is. Okay, all right, there it is. Uh, More on the bottom right there. Okay, that gives you an idea as to where he originally went. Near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. For I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kareth Brook east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. And this went on for three and a half years, by the way. Verse 8. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks And he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, Bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. 
And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. That's how desperate things were. Verse 13. But Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, and just as the Lord just as the Lord had promised Elijah. Some, some time later, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse, and finally he died. Then she said to Elijah, O man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sins and kill my son? But Elijah replied, Give me your son. And he took the child's body from her arms, carried him up the stairs to the room where he was staying, and laid the body on his bed. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me, causing her son to die? And he stretched himself out over the child three times and cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, please let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer, and the life of the child returned, and he revived. Praise God. Verse 23. Then Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, he said, your son is alive. Then the woman told Elijah, now I know for sure that you are a man of God, and that the Lord truly speaks through you. Amen. My friends, as we reflect upon what we just read, I want to draw your attention to this first beautiful truth, and it is this. Thank you for taking care of your children. This truth obviously came to my mind as I read verses 10, 11, and 12, where it says, so he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. Basically, basically we are told there that as the prophet arrived in the village of Zarephath, he found the widow gathering some sticks to make a little fire so that she could cook a meal for her son and herself. And as I thought about that, I thought of the fact that her actions... Her actions remind us of how across the centuries women have done what has been needed to be done to take care of your children. You have done what you needed to do 
to take care of your son, your daughter, your few children, or your many children. Many of you mothers here have also had times, times in your life, when you personally went, you went without food, without rest, without sleep, without new clothing, without time for yourself. You went without properly taking care of yourself sometimes, all because you were doing your best to take care of your child or your children. Is there an amen in the house? Amen. Most of you can identify with what I've just said. The widow of Zarephath, in gathering the sticks, was doing what she needed to do. What she needed to do to take care of her precious son. And others of you have continued to do across the years what you have needed to do. Sometimes you have worked two and three jobs to provide for your children. Some of you mothers came to Canada to build a better life for your family. But initially you had to leave your kids with their grandparents or with an aunt back where you came from. And while here in Canada, you worked hard to earn some money to send back to your native country to help support your children until you could bring them to Canada. The months or years when you were separated from your children were very difficult. They were very difficult for you and for your children. But you worked hard, you worked long, and finally you were able to bring your children to Canada so you could be united once again. Amen. I have heard your stories. I have listened to you across the years. Thank you, mothers. Thank you, mothers, for all that you have done and for all that you do do to take care of your sons and daughters. And some of you listening today here in the sanctuary and others by radio, some of you listening are not perhaps biological mothers. You have not had any children of your own. Nevertheless, many of you have had a, a great, a great um, sense of support. You have been a, a wonderful support and a great blessing to someone else's child or children. And Ruth Jennings went to heaven about four and a half years ago. She was 84 years of age. And Ruth was never married and never had any children of her own. But as some of you know, Aunt Ruth became like another very close grandmother to our two children, Amy and Jeremy. Both of our kids are now young adults. But if you were to talk to them, each one of them would testify to you of how, of how and what a tremendous impact Aunt Ruth made upon their lives, spiritually, intellectually, socially, and in every other way. Uh, we thank God for Aunt Ruth. And I thank God for others of you with a different name who have been like an Aunt Ruth to someone else's child or children. And we want to pay tribute to you and say thank you. Thank you 
May God richly bless you. Amen. As we reflect further upon this account of the widow at Zarephath and the prophet, secondly, we want to say thank you for being open to the direction of the Lord. This widow at Zarephath was open to the Lord's direction. And here's why I say that. Look at verse 8 and 9. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed, this is the Lord, I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Notice especially the statement, the statement from God. I have instructed a widow to feed you. Also notice in verse 19, looking down in verse 19. But Elijah replied, give me your son. And he took the child's body from her arms, carried him up the stairs to the room where he was staying and laid the body on his bed. That tells us basically that the widow was practicing hospitality. And she was providing a room for the prophet Elijah to stay to stay in while he was in Zarephath. In that day and age, it was fairly common, if at all possible, to have a little room for a visiting prophet or other traveling religious leaders. And basically, essentially, the Bible tells us that the Lord directed the widow to provide food and shelter for the prophet Elijah. You know, in some ways... It is strange. Think about this. It is strange that this widow accepted God's direction to feed the prophet. Because as the story unfolds, we see that she didn't even have enough food for her son and herself. She didn't have. In the last part of verse 12, the widow says, I was just gathering a few sticks to cook the last meal, and then my son and I will die. She was basically saying, after this last meal, we don't have any food and we will soon, we will soon starve to death. Despite the widow's great need of her own, however, she was willing to help prophet Elijah. Think about this. The widow's actions are a reminder of how in life, Oftentimes, the people who are in greatest need are the most willing to help others. That's really something, isn't it? Chew on that. Read it from the screen with me. The widow's actions are a reminder of how in life, oftentimes, the people who are in greatest need are the most willing to help others. The widow was open to the Lord's direction despite her circumstances. I want to say thank you also to the many of you who are open to the direction of the Lord. Some of you practice beautiful hospitality as did the widow. Others of you have responded to the Lord's direction to teach a Sunday school class, to volunteer in the nurseries, to serve on the kitchen committee, to sing in the choir. 
to take meals to someone who is ill, to drive people to their medical appointments, to provide someone with a little ride to church, to come to prayer meetings, to serve in other areas of our congregation, to volunteer in a local hospital, to witness to someone about your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Amen. My friends, here is one major way Here's one major way in which all women and men should be open to the Lord's direction. The Lord wants to direct you and each one of us to a point in life where you will seek forgiveness of your sins and believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for your sins. I want to invite you today to repent of your sins, and to begin to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. In one way or another, that is something the Lord wants to direct each of us to experience, to begin to have faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Here is something else uh, about which we need to be open to the direction of the Lord. Across the years in our church, we have had various people respond to God's call to ministry, to God's call to become a pastor in one way or another. I'm thinking, of course, of people like Pastor Lisa Autar, Dr. Tina Patamber, Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Shireen Spencer, Pastor Arnie Grace Sandy, Pastor Bria McIntosh, Pastor Nick Dukaran, Pastor Trudy White, Pastor Steve Otley, Pastor Brian Gilroy, and I probably missed some, some of them. Whether you are a woman, whether you are a woman or a man, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to be open to the direction of the Lord, perhaps to be a pastor, a youth minister, a missionary, a medical or agricultural missionary, an evangelist. Whatever would be God's calling upon your life. Say, yes, Lord. I'm open to your will and to your way. Amen? Thank you. Thank you for being open to God's direction. Hallelujah. And then as I further think about this incredible story of the widow and the prophet at Zarephath, I think of this third significant truth. I want to say congratulations for persevering through many disappointments, hardships, and heartaches. The widow of Zarephath persevered through many tough times. She persevered through what? She persevered through death of her husband, right? Many of you dear ladies listening today are also widows because your husband has passed away. Others of you have persevered through divorce. You didn't want your marriage to end in divorce, but for whatever reasons, it did. Church family, if someone has gone through a divorce or is going through a divorce, Don't ignore them. Don't make it more difficult for them. 
Pray for them. Love them. Encourage them. Be there for them. Help them. Stand by them. Amen? Then there are others of you. Then there are others of you who have made it through financial difficulties, through family conflict. Others of you have made it through the heartache of not being able to have a baby as yet, as yet. And some of you have gone through the disappointment of not finding Mr. Right. Others of you have persevered. You have persevered through verbal, emotional, physical, sexual, or financial abuse. Sadly, this is true. Sadly, this is reality. Listen, men, listen. Men, if you are in any way, if, in, if you are in any way abusing a woman verbally, emotionally, physically, sexually, financially, stop it. Stop it. There is no excuse for it. Stop it. Don't keep looking for excuses. Don't make up excuses. Amen? Get your head screwed on right. If you have to go to a doctor, go to the doctor. Amen. Also, listen. Sons and daughters, if you are in any way, if you are in any way, sons and daughters, abusing your mother or grandmother, shame on you. Shame on you. Stop it. If you don't stop it, someday your kids will do the same thing to you. What goes around comes around. Amen? Some of you are thinking, Pastor Nick, you sound like you're informed. You're informed. I am informed. I am informed. And others of you have survived. Others of you have survived rape. A few weeks ago, I shared with you a message on the rape of Tamar. If you have gone through the trauma of rape, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. Not long ago, one of the dear ladies in our church wrote, wrote a book on rape. And the tragedy that she experienced in her own life. We made that book available to you. I hope the offender, if you have gone through rape, I hope the offender or the offenders have been brought to justice. And I pray that the Lord has healed and is healing up your emotional and physical scars. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. And then, some of you have made it through serious illness and major injury. Yes. And a few of you, a few of you have needed to persevere through the death of a child. Some of you have experienced the agony of the death of your child. The widow in our Bible story experienced the death of her son. Look at verse 17. Sometime later, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse, and finally he died. Then she said to Elijah, O man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sins and kill 
my son. Obviously for the widow, for the widow this, this was a, this, this turned out to be a happy ending because the Lord through his power brought her son back to life as the story unfolds. But for some of you, for reasons that you will never understand and I will never know, you have gone through the agony of the death of a precious child. And I am sorry. I am sorry I have wept with some of you. And as I think of it, I weep with you today. May God, may God give you strength, fresh daily strength to move forward in your life. Amen. Ladies, ladies, I want to say to you, congratulations for persevering through many disappointments, many hardships, many, many traumatic experiences. Men, would you join me in giving the ladies a hand, please? Would you join me in giving the ladies? Ladies, give yourself a hand. Give yourself a hand, would you? Amen. 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 Let me take you to a fourth truth from this story, and it is this. Congratulations for showing trust and faith in the Lord. For showing trust and faith in the Lord. To begin with, the widow trusted and had faith in the Lord to supply her food. We see this in verses 13, 14 through 16. Now I have to be honest with you. I have to be honest with you. I cannot understand. If some of you understand this, talk to me after church. I cannot understand why Elijah, in verse 13, told the widow to make bread for him first. To make bread for him first. And then he says, prepare a meal for your son and yourself. I don't understand that because prophets, priests, and pastors are supposed to put other people ahead of themselves. So I, I, I can't quite understand what Elijah was thinking here. Um, I don't know why he said what he said. Perhaps it was just his way of getting her to begin to trust in the Lord to provide her daily food. Maybe that's all it was. Or maybe like most of us, he just wasn't thinking. Sometimes we say and we do dumb things because we're just not thinking. And then uh, we also see that the widow trusted and had faith in the Lord to bring her son back to life. Back to life. We read of this in verses 17 to 23. Praise God. Praise God. I want to say congratulations to the many of you who repeatedly show trust in the Lord in many different ways. Earlier we had a, a beautiful testimony from Jacqueline who, who, uh, who has been showing incredible trust and faith as she has been going through her own severe trial. Praise God for the many of you who have been showing trust and faith in the Lord. And then my friends, fifth truth I want to share with you is this. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Obviously, in the Bible story, the widow truly loved her son. And you who are mothers, 
and grandmothers also love your kids and grandkids. You love them this much. When my kids were small, I used to say, Amy, Daddy loves you this much. And she would say, how much, Daddy? I'd say, this much. And most of you other ladies who perhaps don't have children of your own, you also have shown an abundance of love, an abundance of love towards someone else's child. And I want to say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Amen.